0: This week, we did something a little different. Because of the coronavirus, we didn't have an in-person service, but instead live streamed the service on our Facebook group, CTK Sudden Valley. If you'd like to watch this sermon, it will be available on our website at ctksuddenvalley.com. In John 11, 25 and 26, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? This is a powerful reminder of who is in control in this time of great change. Today, Pastor Jason Manning continues his series on change with his message entitled, Feelings.
1: So I, I, again, I just want to thank you guys for joining us online via live stream uh, this morning. Uh, joining us this morning makes you a, a, a part of this church. Now, most of, most of this church right now uh, is at home, uh, sitting in their PJs, maybe eating pancakes or waffles, uh, enjoying your family's company. Uh, either way, whatever you are doing, I'm glad you have joined us this morning. Uh, I want to bring... Uh, some encouragement to each of you this morning. Uh, And I want you to listen and hear me when I say this. You are not alone. Right? So don't act like it. Uh, Most of the, most of, um, these are crazy times. And and I want you to continue to engage in relational community. Uh, We were all created to be with each other. Uh, not only that we were created to be in community with great purpose Uh, now we just have the opportunity to get creative with that and for us this morning even though this week and next week and maybe even the next week even though uh, they may be different in the way that they feel our purpose is still the same (laughs) to follow Christ as hard as we can and to show him to those that are around us and grab them and take them on the journey with us. So that same purpose is what we are to do and be today. In the coming weeks, we will still have some of our small group meetings. Uh, Even though this week looks, uh, looks different, some of that will be the same. I encourage you maybe even to invite somebody from church or invite a neighbor over for dinner as long as you're healthy. Uh, maybe you can invite this guy over for dinner. Um, invite a neighbor over. Uh, this is where, if you remember a couple of years ago, we had neighborhood maps. This is where you pull those neighborhood maps and you get to remember your uh, neighbor's names. Uh, I encourage you to get into God's word uh, with each other, with your family and with each other. Pray for and with each other. Um, if you need prayer, we have a prayer team that is anxiously uh, desiring to pray for you. What's been super encouraging about that prayer team is that we've been able to log and follow the prayer requests that have been answered. And it's amazing to see our act of God work in that way. And so I want to invite you, uh, message me personally. Uh, I'll post my email after this, and you can email me personally with your prayer requests, and we will get to praying for you, and we're excited to do that. But we are actually, uh, in another way we're doing it, we're actually in conversation with the community about uh, helping out in any way we can, engaging in some of the meals that are being lost by the kids who are going to school and, uh, and providing, the, providing for the needs of our community. That's another way we'll do that. Um, uh, but but it, it's, it's because that's how we're designed to be as a church. Um, nothing uh, has really changed in that. The purpose as to why we live. But to segue into that, we've been in this series on change. Um, and in actuality, things have changed. Life has changed. Reality of things have, have changed. For some of you, work has changed. Uh, school has obviously changed as the kids are out of school now for what looks like to be six weeks. Day-to-day logistical living, the, log- lo- the, the logistical choices and things you have to do have changed. For a lot of us, uh, we will be in our house a lot more than we used to be, which is a change. Emotions and feelings are going to be running high. Uh, there was a group of women from our church that went to go see that movie I still believe the other day. Uh, I heard that it was a very emotional movie. There were a lot of feelings and emotions that went into that uh, Guys, uh, if your wife has made you sit through a Hallmark movie, there are a lot of emotions and feelings that go into that. That has prepared us for the emotions and the feelings that we're going to experience over this time. Woohoo, right? More Hallmark Channel movies maybe during this time. I can't wait to watch the small town girl meet the big city boy that saves her from the small town dirtbag. That is often the... The, the line of thought in those, in those Hallmark movies. But today, actually, we're going to be looking at a story in the Bible that has a lot of feelings and a lot of emotions in the story. Today, my hope is, is we can learn from God's Word, we can learn from His story uh, today and get a better understanding of our emotions and our feelings uh, if you have a Bible, uh, I would love for you to, be, to open it to the book of John. Um, uh, it, it, open your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, uh, send me a message, send me a comment. I would love to hand deliver a Bible to you this week. Uh, get it in your hands uh, for you following us in the weeks uh, to come. We're going to be in John uh, chapter 11 and starting in verse 1. It reads this. This is a, should be a familiar story for, for a lot of us. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Beth- Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word, Lord, the one you love is sick. So I want to map this out for you. This, we are in week seven of our series on change where we have been looking into the book of John. It's one of the four Gospels. If you don't know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, they're the Gospel stories. They're uh, all being uh, the, the Gospel stories of Jesus' ministry and his life here on earth. Um, and, and for this series, we've been specifically looking at the interactions with Jesus that have brought change. In fact, uh, uh, for this morning, we're going to jump in on this common story that uh, a lot of you have probably heard before. It's the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Uh, Now, some context in this story is that Mary and Martha sinned for Jesus. And as it's said in the scripture, you know, uh, Mary had a a very relational moment with Jesus. The relational moment is where Mary uh, uh, is at Jesus' feet. If you remember, Martha's hustling around, preparing for Jesus to be there. Um, She's uh, preparing the meal and preparing the house. and, and, And Mary takes the opportunity to just sit with Jesus. Uh, And she uh, does what some think to be a controversial thing and pouring very expensive perfume on Jesus' feet and wiping uh, his feet. And uh, and, uh, and in that context, Mary and Jesus share in a very relational moment. And we'll see how that relationship pans out as we go through this story. But either way, they know Lazarus really well. uh, And uh, probably they know Jesus really well, as the scripture tells us. I would argue that they have a strong relational connection with each other. Uh, John 11 verse 5 says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And I think for us, uh, what can be missed for us in life is the humanity of Jesus. Jesus. We can oftentimes lose sight of the care and compassion that Jesus has for us. Possibly because Jesus is uh, so big in idea and entity of God, uh, so big in, in who he is that we quite possibly can't understand that he engages with us in a very relational uh, and intimate uh, way. Or, uh, a lot of the times we can struggle with the idea that maybe uh, because things aren't the way that we want them to be, things, th- things don't uh, seem to be working out the way that we would want them to. We can uh, disengage and not treat Jesus and see the humanity of him. Uh, maybe we didn't get the answer we wanted in a certain situation. Maybe the outcome of what is, is happening in our lives, the process, uh, and it was harder than expected. And often all of that is, all that is, is us projecting our feelings and emotions on how Jesus is working. Us projecting what we want, what we desire on Jesus, taking our emotions and our feelings to Him, which in actuality is not bad. For us to engage Jesus in that way, taking our emotions um, and, and, and bringing them to Jesus, our feelings, our expectations, is not a bad thing to do in and of itself. But uh, I've heard it said before from even Christian friends of mine Jesus doesn't care about your feelings. He's got His agenda and what He's doing. And I tell you what, that could not be more false. Jesus is highly relational with us, right? Jesus cares out of love. And I think, for me at least, and maybe you can relate to this, uh, it's easy for us, and and it's kind of, uh, it's, it's a situation for us, how quickly our view of God can change. I remember when I was, I think it was 18, 19 years old, I had just uh, come to know the Lord at that age, and I was engaging with some newfound Christian friends of mine at a park. We were getting ready for a worship event and uh and we were tossing the football around and i thought i would get fancy and and uh show off for these girls that have gathered these these uh new christian friends these girls i wanted to impress them and i remember uh thinking that i would uh run out and and catch this long pass of football and and as i went to catch it i slipped and i fell and i slid in the mud I was covered from mud, covered with mud from head to toe. And as I sat there new in my faith and new in these people looking to impress them, I thought to myself, I thought to myself, God, why would you let this happen? No wonder nobody really wants to hang out with you. And and as I was covered in mud and I had those uh, initial feelings of that towards God, And I think we uh, Christians uh, experience that, that same frustration that Mary and Martha experience whenever God seems to not answer, react, or act the way we want him to. Now, in this story, it is said that Jesus got word that Lazarus was ill. He was sick, but yet he still hung out for two days before he went to go see Lazarus. Uh, I don't want to pretend to know why he hung out for those two days. Uh, I have my own opinion, and we'll look at uh, what Jesus says about this moment here in a second. But what he does do is he has a very real conversation with his disciples at this moment, and I think it's a little comical. Jesus shares with his disciples that Lazarus is sleeping. He tells them, well, Lazarus is, is sleeping. We have to go, uh, go to him, and the d- disciples respond with, Lazarus is sick. If he's sleeping, why would we go and wake him up, they say. And then in verse 14, Jesus says this. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus, he's dead. Uh, And for your sake, I am glad I I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go and be with him. I think Jesus has an agenda in this moment where he's ready to... uh, because the disciples aren't, uh, don't have the belief and trust and faith in who he is, he says, in this moment, I'm going to share with you uh, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to act in this moment so that you may believe. And if we jump back to verse 4, John eleven four 4 says, when he heard this, when he heard that uh, Lazarus was sick, he said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. So I want to tell you, whatever emotions and feelings you have right now in your life, whatever you are facing, God's desire is to be one, relational with you through this, but is also desiring to be glorified in the process in the finished outcome. Glory will come
2: through it. See, in the case of this story,
1: Jesus brought life. The glory out of death, out of raising Lazarus to life.
2: For us, it is no different. For us,
1: Jesus brings life. Jesus brings change out of our death. Jesus brings life out of our death. Death of our expectations, what we think uh, should or shouldn't happen. Death of our desired outcome, like letting go of what we think should happen in the end. Death of what we uh, think should happen. Death of our, uh, death in in the idea of death, meaning our ability to let go of it.
2: Right? And, and, And be all right with how or what God desires it to look
1: like. What God desires for us to do. Now in this story, there's a lot put on the moment where Martha sees Jesus coming. Martha sees and hears that Jesus is coming, and she rushes out to meet Jesus. It says in verse 20 that Mary stayed back. Oftentimes, I've heard it preached that, oh, we've got to focus on Mary. I think she was upset with Jesus for not coming. Uh, I don't want to be distracted by that, because I think that's the feeling often we have. We get upset with, with Jesus, and that disengages us from him. Who knows why I believe that she was just not ready to deal with the death, death of Lazarus. But Martha runs out and she says, Martha says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Again, this type of interaction I feel is healthy. I feel our ability to take our things to Jesus and say, man, if you would have just showed up, this is what would have happened. And then Jesus, in engaging with us in a very relational way, will then show us and teach us what he wants us to know in this situation.
2: I feel talking our feelings and
1: emotions out with Jesus is actually best. Where we often go wrong is when we allow the situation to drive a wedge between us and God's desire. But Even more than that, maybe even stated a little differently, is us desiring God. Let me say that again. Where we often go wrong is when we allow the situation to drive a wedge between us desiring God. See, when we allow our emotions and our feelings to lead us into a place where we no longer are looking to God or desiring God as the provider of life and the purpose of which we were given this life, That drives a wedge between us and our real interaction and what God has for us. See, Jesus tells Martha, your brother will rise again. And in verse 24, Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And I love that because Martha hadn't lost sight of Jesus's purpose. She says, I know my brother will rise again in the resurrection. She hadn't lost sight of that, that purpose, and her emotions and feelings hadn't driven her to the place of driving a wedge between her and desiring God. And Jesus answered her and said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by in believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world.
2: So this morning, we have a question. Our question this morning is,
1: have you lost sight of that? Have you lost sight in the midst of life right now with whatever you are facing, whatever your situation is, whatever you have going on in your life, and take COVID-19 out of the question, uh, most likely whatever it is that you're facing in your life was present long before corona hit. Has what you are facing, what you are dealing with, what you are trying to carry yourself, has the emotions of life and all that you are facing, has your feelings and emotions taken over? Have, you, have they caused you to lose sight of God's design for you? God's desire outcome for you?
2: Have they caused you to desire God less? Because remember, God's
1: plan in all of this is to bring his glory. And God's glory comes when we are able to focus our emotions and desire on him. Even if it isn't the
2: way we think it should look. Our focus or belief actually brings life. See, I love that. I love that Jesus
1: asked that of Martha, right? And whoever lives by, this is out of that verse that we just looked at in, in John eleven twenty four 24 through 27. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And Jesus says, do you believe this?
2: See,
1: that's a very relational place and a very relational question that Jesus is asking you. Do you believe this? In that moment, there is vulnerability in that. There is, uh, where there is maybe some loss. There is something at stake in Jesus' question. For both Mary
2: and Martha, And even us today,
1: think about what you have at stake. What is it that you aren't willing to switch your focus from? What is it that
2: you aren't willing to let go of?
1: What is it that you feel your desired outcome is better than the glory that God has in the situation?
2: the glory that God wants to display through it.
1: I want to close with a final thought on the closeness of God and his care for us during this time, this season, and the place in life that you are at. See, Martha had presented this scenario uh, to Jesus. And Mary had finally come out, right? Mary had uh, come out saying the same thing. Lord, if you were,
2: if you had just been here. Same question he asked, uh, same question that Martha had asked. If you'd just been here, my brother would not have died. And
1: uh, in that moment, Jesus then asks Mary, he says, where have you laid him? Where, where is he? You see, in this moment, Jesus had know, he, known he had come to bring his glory and his strength and his power in this situation. We know the end of the story. We know that Lazarus is raised from the dead. But here's the deal. His power and glory, which is displayed in a magnificent way in this story, he came with all of that. But he also came with very raw and real emotion and feeling and love for Mary and Martha. I love uh, all the funny little quirks that are in the Bible. I love knowing how many times the Bible mentions love. I love knowing uh, how many times it talks about money or it talks about fellowship, whatever that is, Uh, or it talks about being a Christian. I always love to know what the longest Bible verse is. But in this moment, this morning, we look at what is the shortest Bible verse in the Bible. And... Up until now, it has just been that, up until this week, it has just been that funny, quirky idea of the shortest verse in the Bible. But I would argue for me and, and hopefully for you, it is one of the greatest displays of Jesus's love, his humanity, and his, and his care for each one of us. The verse is John eleven thirty five, and it simply
2: says, Jesus wept.
1: Jesus says uh, this to Mary and Martha in the moment of their grief. Jesus uh, is in, engaged in interacting with Mary and Martha in their loss and in their questioning and in their uncertainty, in their pain. Jesus looked at their life and what they were going through and what they were facing. And he
2: wept. He shed a tear. Church, how human? is that of the God that
1: we serve. His care and love for us is so much so that the emotion and feelings that he has for whatever you are facing, whatever we are facing here today, brings him to
2: tears. He cares for each one of us. Jesus looks right at you
1: today. He's not judging you that you're in your PJs for church this morning. He's not judging you and doesn't care if you downed eight eight pancakes
2: at breakfast, Micah. I know that's you. But Jesus looks right at you, and he knows what you are facing.
1: He knows what you are going through. He knows how much you have slugged through life. He knows what you're dealing with.
2: He knows your anxieties. He knows your uncertainty. And he knows the questioning you have. And what he does is he weeps for you to trust him in that this morning. He cares enough about you to trust, to want you and desire for you to trust him. This morning, he weeps
0: for you to believe in him. We pray that God blesses you with this message. If you would like to contact us, please reach out to us on Facebook at CTK Sudden Valley or visit our website at www.ctk.church. You can also find other episodes of this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time, may God bless your week.